Blue is the color. Welcome to the FPL Blues podcast, hosted as always by Bucks and Brian. Brian, another double game week in the books. There were some postponed matches, some wild finishes, some pretty disappointing performances from popular captaincy selection, and just another massive double game week midfielder haul. But how'd it go for you? How was your weekend? Yeah, Bucks, all I'm happy about is the fact that I have not used a free hit chip yet with all these double game weeks scheduled and then them being canceled. You just don't know what matches are going to go ahead. And I for sure know that Burnley is going to try and play their next match in like 2029, 20, 2030. You know, they're, they're not playing any of these matches. They're just letting their players walk to their relegation battles, opponents and not playing matches. They're absolutely playing 4D chess. They're going to be playing next season. They're going to be catching up with Premier League matches as the same time they're also playing in the Premiership. It is an unbelievable display of refusing to actually show up to your job and put in a shift on the footy pitch. I mean, this is one of the best things about this game week is just the memes going on and on about Burnley. Young babies becoming old men by the time they play their next uh, match. And it's it's a tough one, but eventually they're going to have to make up these five matches. So it'll be interesting if we jump on a few of their assets, even though they are hot garbage. Absolutely. And yeah, Burnley, as you mentioned, in a relegation battle, but they have a whole handful of games in hand. They are officially five games in hand. So pretty interesting. And that will be something to watch as we get deeper into the season. With that, you know, we had a double game week for 22. So let's get into how our team scored and also make sure to give flowers to the highest scoring manager of the game week in our Super League. Brian, take us away. Bucks, I ended up with 60 points net, 64 with a hit to make a 4K red arrow. So pretty easy breezy. Can't complain too much. I'm at 101K overall. So still trying to crack an actual respectable game week score. But at this point, um, pretty happy with my moves. I actually netted a plus four on Sala and Broja to Madison and Ronaldo, a.k.a. Cry7. Nice. Unfortunately, though, I did captain Ronaldo and he got four points and he was on the verge of tears when he came out at about the 70th minute and he missed the first game, as we all know, even though Ragnick said he was probably going to play. So that one was definitely tough. I I had weighed up potentially bringing in Bruno Fernandez for Salah as I kept Salah for a long time, but I had I had some fear. I had the the fear of not having Ronaldo in a double game week where he could get a couple penalties and get those points. So I brought him in and instantly I was uh, in tears basically. So elsewhere on this team though, Madison, I brought him in on Thursday night, avoiding the price change that was supposed to happen. And he ends up getting his second part of the double game week canceled. But today he comes through with the big eight pointer. So that was one of my smooth moments of the game week. So he had eight also, some other performers, De Gea, he gets eight points, but he really could have been on 16 to 20 points. Very unfortunate to uh, not uh, get a clean sheet versus the likes of Brentford. Yeah, they played Brentford. That is tough. Versus Brentford. That's correct. Other than that, just want to shout out my boy Laporte, who I hit in two weeks ago. And he has returned now in seven straight matches, six plus points in seven straight matches. So I think I'm a little bit ahead of the curve 
when it comes to doubling up on city defense as they have some easy fixtures coming up with Southampton, Brentford, and Norwich in the next three. So rather than doubling up on their attack, I doubled up on their defense with Cancelo, who is an absolute stud, and I feel pretty good. So all up, uh, 60 points. What about you, Bucks? How did you do this game week? Nice. And yeah, you're right. On that Laporte move, that is proving to be great business because uh, City looked like the best team and the best defense in the Premier League at this point in time. And you're just gobbling up returns, having him and Cancelo locked into your back line each and every game week. So that's massive. For me, I didn't take a hit and I landed on 58 points overall with a small 8K red arrow down to 158,000 overall in the world. My differential captain selection of Emmanuel Denis only gets one match and not the promised double game week. And you know, kind of disappoints because of that. He fails to deliver, and the Burnley match, which was supposed to be the second relegation battle that Watford were going to get in double game week 23, is just kind of floats away like the wind and doesn't end up materializing. However, I did get quality returns from Jao Cancelo and Trent Alexander-Arnold, who had 11 and 10 points. David De Gea gets eight, and Jared Bowen, seven. So, it's notable here that three out of my four top scoring players only had single game weeks. So this was what we actually cautioned on the last podcast that because of the way COVID cancellations and just outright mischievous cancellations are happening right now this season, that it isn't unspeakable to see single game week players with good matchups really going much bigger than their double game week counterparts. And we saw that on certain occasions in this game week 23. So 58 points like you, Brian, I also have all of my power up chips. I have two free hits, my bench boost, my triple captain and my second wild card remaining. So this next kind of three months of the season are going to be wacky to say the least. There are a lot of games that were postponed that need to be rescheduled. And so we might not see a single game week for some time going forward, which is going to be absolute chaos, which is great. Yeah, Bucks, you avoided the hit, so 58 points in a small red arrow. Not too big of a uh, differentiator, but I would say that the emotional roller coaster that captainers went on this game week because the majority of people in the community were either on Dennis, maybe King, or Ronaldo. And after Ronaldo misses the first match, there's the potential for him to miss the second match. So everybody who's a Dennis captainer is like, all right, I got another bite of this apple. I can gain rank and instead Dennis gets his second game canceled and everybody just ends up with four points yeah this was a game week and this actually is a great transition to our manager of the game week but there was only one true captaincy option and that was Bruno Fernandez and that brings us smoothly to reward the bold moves made by manager Maya Tonneson in our FPL Blues podcast Super League she captains Bruno, her team Goalmeisters is rewarded in a massive way. She ends up with 102 points, took a minus eight double hit to land on 94 points net. So massive golf clap to you, Maya. Wow. Huge score. What a dream. What and a dream. She didn't even have Bruno going into this. So this is great transfer business. And to then be bold and captain Bruno and not have Ronaldo in your team. Massive, massive kudos to you, Maya, for just nailing it in game week 23. 
So Bruno ends up with 23 points, doubling up for 46 points. Holy cow. And Maya also had contributions from Cancelo, 11, Trent, 10, De Gea, 8, Laporte, 7, Bowen, 7. And she had Madison on the bench in her first bench spot with eight. And she moved off Kane to bring in Denis. So either way, she just smashed the entire rest of the competition. She blew us all away. And so bravo to Maya for being the manager of the game week in double game week 23. Smashed it. Yeah, very impressive. I kind of wonder. Oh, yeah. Taking a look last week, she also captained Bowen. So she has had back to back game weeks where her captain has hauled over 40 points. So that's absolutely incredible. Well done by Maya. She's obviously flying up the ranks in our FPL Blues podcast super league so congrats again and nailing those back-to-back captions that's one of the moments of the season for her i'm sure absolutely and this is just a great example of how you're never out of it because maya was i think in 10th place overall she's now hard charging she's in third place in the table so she's really on the heels of our two leaders which are Corey and amar Selenki with turkish kabak in first place still so really it's wide open and it's anyone's game and everyone's better watch out for Maya because she is absolutely getting her captain selection right in these double game weeks. So look out. She's, and She's yeah, she's hitting that blue patch of form at the right time. And I think this is one of the joys of kind of not having Sala as a captaincy option at the moment. We're seeing more variants and some, you know, shouts out of left field that are really coming good. So well done to Maya and hopefully the rest of us can, be a little bit inspired and maybe not go with the boring Cristiano Ronaldo captain uh, next week instead. For sure. All right, let's get to our first break. When we come back, we're going to discuss the top performers, floppers, and players to target in the coming game week. Time to break down the top performers from double game week 22. Let's start with Bruno bleeping Fernandez. The Portuguese bearded man is back and he had a huge game week. Two goals, two assists, I think maybe six bonus points, Bucks. Absolutely four, incredible. Four bonus. Yeah, absolutely incredible haul for him. And he is a player that obviously has a huge FPL pedigree in his past, but since the arrival of Ronaldo has really had a tough year for Manchester United. And it's hard to say that Maybe they're not better with maybe they're better without Cristiano Ronaldo because this team was a, played some more inspired football the last couple of game weeks with him as the main man. Yeah, he got a brace in the first match against Villa to help them get a point because uh, Villa was playing pretty spunky football. And then he ends up with two assists in the match where they dominate Brentford. So a uh, real class showing from Bruno. And again, uh, Bruno really was just uh he was a hired assassin for Maya this game week after after Bowen pays the bills, then Bruno comes in and uh, gets the bonus. So that's the real cherry on top. Yeah, it's really tough. I was actively considering bringing Bruno in for Sala, who I'd held on to just thinking about if I had a double switch and I move Sala and a forward out to bring Ronaldo in, that's four points. Then I got to hit him back in. That's another four points that it's costing me. So I... Man, it, that one definitely stings a bit because I also have Sun in my team. So I have a lot of money, which I could have made into Bruno instead of Ronaldo. And 
went the wrong way, but he looks to have a little bit of a flame underneath him. And hopefully that'll carry United through some of these upcoming matches, which are still very positive from an attacking output. Yeah. The real question is, is Bruno playing so well and Ronaldo kind of being MIA is what to do long-term if you have Ronaldo, like both of us do. And that actually leads us nicely because some of the other players that had single game weeks that sparkled, uh, one of them that really just jumped off the page. We have to shout out Jack Harrison. He ends up with a hat trick, three bonus points for 20 points. So he was by far and away the high scorer of the game week with only one match. Um, And he's only owned by less than 2% of the FPL game at 5.5 million. So truly standout performance from him. But another player who also only had one match in what was supposed to be double game week 23 was Harry Kane and Harry Kane just absolutely blew Ronaldo out of the water. He was by far and away the best forward player in this game week. He ends up with 11 points and you know, it's interesting because he slots in next to the other top scoring forward option, which was Ivan Tony who had a double game week. So it's just very interesting to see how the scores landed across this supposed to be double game week. And like we said, you know, single game week, double game week players, the real players that shined were the ones that took advantage of weaker opposition and kind of soft matches. And that goes true for Bruno Effen Fernandez, as well as for Harry Kane. And really, you know, there were players across the board, across price points, across positions that got uh, unexpected hauls, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, Jack Jack attack, Jack Harrison. He ended up, I think, with like 17 or 18 returns last year in his debut with Leeds, and he's been super quiet. I know he had COVID for a stretch, had a little injury. And so I think in his first 19 matches, he maybe had one goal and one assist. And in the last couple of matches, he's put a five, four or five goals. So he's playing really uh, well at the moment. And we're very excited for Leeds to have a little bit better run of form so we can get on the likes of Rafinha who's about 6.5 Bamford will hopefully be back soon. And they seem to be, um, you know, picking up momentum at the right time for them to get out of that relegation zone and get some W's under Bielsa. So love, love to see that. And then I think another person, um, just another single game week performance we should shout out is KDB versus our Chelsea blues. And unfortunately Chelsea has put up another stinker, we have taken very few points out of the last, I think, 13 matches. It's, it's been really tough going for us. But KDB looked, you know, back to his regular self, pulling the strings from midfield position, always on the ball. And he just caught Keppa um, at the right time. I thought he was going to take another dribble on his goal, which is excellently taken from just outside the box. And he's the player that can score against any team in the world. And if I still had Salah um, in my side, I mean, there might be people I, I would consider if he's going to keep advancing with Egypt in the AFCON, you know, maybe take a week or two punts on KDB because they have easy fixtures and he seems to be back to his sparkling ways. Interesting shout. Yeah, a couple other honorable mentions we want to just throw out. Mason Greenwood, he was a player I shouted out on last podcast. He gets a goal and ends up on bonus for 13 points total. Andy Robertson gets a dozen uh, as part of the Liverpool backline who blanks Brentford 3-0. TAA, his line's made, also ends up with 10. And then Cancelo, as we mentioned, 
he ends up with 11. So a lot of pretty impressive score lines from players who are widely owned. So uh, that's just something to take note of this game. We did see some staggering scores in defense, uh, even for players just with a single game week. But let's get on to the more fun topic, and that's the floppers, Brian. Who disappointed <laughs> us? Who are we making uh, pouty faces at in the FPL game this game week 23? Yeah, who were the Vlade Divox of the game week? That's a shout out to uh, some wow. NBA fans right there but he always used to flop when Shaquille O'Neal tried to back him down so flops for double game week 22 include two of the defenders who are highly owned from Chelsea I want to start there again we can't let our team off the hook both Rudiger and Alonzo play two matches start both of them and Rudiger gets three points and Alonzo gets two so that was very disappointing to see I know a lot of people also we're looking at Mason Mount. He doesn't even feature in the first game versus City or comes off the bench. And uh, very unfortunate results for those Chelsea players this game week. Yeah, and then the most popular and probably obvious ones, Ronaldo with two points and Emmanuel Denny with two points. Uh, both those guys were massive and popular captain selections. And I really was hoping that Dennis was going to outscore Ronaldo. Uh, at least if he wasn't going to outscore Ronaldo, he saved me from buying a Nigeria national team jersey. So thank you, <laughs> Denny. Thank you, Ronaldo. You both absolutely sucked this game week and was massively disappointing to have you both in my side. And, you know, while we're all hot and bothered, we should just both give the digital bird flip to Burnley and Arsenal for their highly questionable sportsmanship postponing matches without really any COVID cases in the side. I mean, every single Premier League team is aware that AFCON was going to happen. They are aware that this is the kind of winter transfer window. So there should be no reason why Premier League matches are being rescheduled with less than two or three COVID cases in the side. All these clubs have massive budgets. They have training teams of under 21s, under 23s, eight under 18s, field the side, play the game. Let's go. Come on. I mean, to be honest, I point the finger at the Premier League for having a very fuzzy definition of how teams are allowed to apply for game cancellations. And once they let one through, which was a combination of injuries, COVID and AFCON players not being available, any team can apply for that. So, I mean, I, I do think that if I was the head of a team and we had a few injuries and people out, I would be applying this for the same um, exemption. So it's just very odd to me that there's not a hard and fast rule that the board, the executives of the Premier League could come up with to avoid this kind of shambolic postponement requests happening time and time again. So I think it's poor leadership on the Premier League, to be honest. I agree. It's a, it's a boondoggle all around. I mean, uh, no credit is given uh, for any of this to the Premier League and their decision makers, to any of the clubs who are taking advantage. It's a, it's a massive cluster across the board. We do want to just shout out a couple players who might not have hauled in the FPL game, but definitely caught our eye. Um, Brian, you want to take first shout and I'll, I'll jump drop in a couple who uh, jumped off the screen for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to start with Rafinha again, looking for the new formation that I'm really wanting to play is probably going to be a, a three, five, two. I'm seeing a lot of midfielders 
in that budget range who are starting to produce. And Rafinha is a player I owned earlier in the season, and he looks spectacular. He had, I think, seven chances created in that match versus West Ham um, and got an assist earlier to Jack Harrison. He hit the crossbar off of a free kick, and he just looks like a player that you want to definitely consider uh, back in your squad. So he's an enabler as well at 6.5 million. And now I, I look at players like Phil Foden, who can produce the same way that Rafini does, but his minutes are always a concern. So if you need to free up funds, potentially, I think Rafinha at 6.5 with leads, hopefully finding some form could be a great bargain. Uh, what do you think there, Bucks? Yeah, great shout. He's clearly the puppet master in Bielsa's side. He's pulling all the strings and there's no chance that Jack Harrison ends up on a hat trick without Rafinha really bossing the midfield that match. And it's interesting because West Ham, who they get the result against, have really been dominating the center of the pitch. I mean, Declan Rice is having his best season to date, but he couldn't lay a hand on Rafinha pretty much all match. So very, very compelling showing from Rafinha. And it's really interesting because leads are finally starting to get healthy. And this is going to be a pivotal push towards the end of the season as they look to stay up and look to kind of regain a semblance of the team that we thought optimistically could be fighting for potentially European places coming into this season. They're clearly off that mark right now, but there's no reason they can't regain that form to have their fans and uh, people that are following the Premier League closely optimistic about what could be in 2023. Yeah. And this upcoming weekend, they have Newcastle. So you would expect a high scoring affair between the likes of Leeds and Newcastle. So definitely a player to potentially bring in this game week for your FPL side. Another player I want to highlight quick bucks is Harry Kane. He's obviously been playing a lot better since the new manager came in and Conte's system is starting to spread further and further amongst the team. No son. And we thought this might really hamper his results, but we knew going in, if he had a double game week that he does so well versus Leicester and versus Arsenal, Arsenal match North London Derby, unfortunately gets canceled, but he was really, really impressive today. I think he had um, at least five shots. He had a, a header off the crossbar, takes his goal really well, threads a ball in for an assist in the comeback. And I was just very impressed with his body language as well. He knew that without Sun, he would have to be the sole kind of creator and really the force on the field. And he really looked impressive versus a lesser team who does love to give up goals, but still a, a relatively um, solid opponent. Yeah, I rate that. I think he's definitely in better form than Ronaldo at the current point in time. And worth mentioning that both Leeds currently have only played 20 matches, so they have three games in hand to be rescheduled. Tottenham have only played 19 games, so they have a full four games in hand wow. on teams above them like Chelsea. Uh, they have three games in hand against a team above them like Liverpool. So they are going to have some double game weeks. So definitely Harry Kane potentially even Rafinha, as we approach looking ahead and kind of strategizing about a potential second wildcard chip, those players will both for sure be in my second wildcard team. There is no way I'm going to set a second wildcard team that does not have Harry Kane anchoring my forward line because, again, he has four matches that he's going to have to reschedule. That means that there's going to be multiple double game weeks, potentially even a triple game week before the end of the season. Ooh, a triple game week. That sounds just mm, so juicy, Bucks. Give and me all the points. Give me all the points. 
Two more players, both new additions to the Villa side that I want to shout out that I thought looked pretty good. Coutinho, he jumped off the off the screen for me. He only played 22 matches. He had a goal and an assist. He looked absolutely spectacular. He has more goal wait, 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 Bucks, 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 he had a, a goal and an assist in 22 matches? That doesn't seem very good. Did you mean minutes? I said that. He's 22 minutes. He has the same. He has more contributions than Jaden Sancho does in 22 matches. So bravo, bringing back the veterans of the Premier League. And uh, Coutinho really did right and smashed it on his opening debut. And another player that Villa added in defense is Lucas Dean. Impressive that he recently joined the club. Uh, He didn't really smash it from an FPL perspective. But I think that's promising as we look at him as a potential FPL target, and he's on a lot of managers' watch lists. The fact that he came into the club less than 72 hours before kickoff, and he was going in as the starter. I mean, that gives you a lot of confidence that he's going to be one of the defenders to target from Villa as we get deeper into the season. And Villa are a team that have some double game weeks potentially down the road. So just things to be aware of as we look at transfer moves this game week and for the coming weeks. Yeah, just doubling down here on the Villa boys. You know, Coutinho did not start. He's still coming off the back of COVID. He obviously gets the goal and the assist in this one, but I wanted to see him kind of be integrated into the side a little bit more and see what his match fitness is like because he has not been playing a lot as of lately. But at seven, Point oh, he's a great price point for you to take a punt on. So especially if he does get a couple, you know, he starts the next match potentially and they have double game weeks, he's definitely a good punt at that price tag. And I'm very interested in Luca Dean at 5.0. He started the season at 5.5 and has been falling like a rock, hasn't played in, I think, like six game weeks under Rafa Benitez, who has been oh, fired yeah. now at Everton. <laughs> And um, he had two chances created, two shots from inside the box. He didn't get any FPL points in in this match, but I think as he kind of gets his match fitness back and he's just one of those players who can reach a world-class level from a delivery on the left flank. And the manager, Gerard, he loves to have attacking fullbacks uh, at, I think, uh, Rangers. He also employed that kind of system, employed that system as well. So I think Dean is a great replacement for those who may have a Chelsea defender who have a couple of blank game weeks coming up. So Dean is very much at the top of my watch list to transfer in uh, very soon. All right. That's a perfect transition. Let's look ahead to game week 23. And now that we've kind of discussed some Villa assets in detail, we should mention that there is a high likelihood that Aston Villa are the one team in game week 23 that will have a double up. So they are potentially playing They're excuse me, they're locked to play against Everton, um, you know, postponements notwithstanding. And then they're either going to get a game against Burnley. <laughs> yeah, right. Or against Leeds. So that could be a really tasty double up uh, if in fact those two matches go forward. So With that, absolutely, I think that that has to be front of mind for any managers making transfer moves. Wait as long as possible and see if, in fact, Villa do have a double game week to target. Yeah, so we're potting on Wednesday night, January 19th. We're expecting to hear news on the double game week announcement by end of day on Thursday before the Friday deadline. And if this happens, 
I would say if they're playing Burnley, I would be more likely to target a Lucas Dean or Matty Cash in the defenders because they have no attacking players at Burnley. But if they play Leeds, I would rather have an attacker in that one because they're going to play such an open game. So Watkins or Coutinho potentially would be my transfers in if that is the double game week announced. So pay attention there, but just some food for thought. Absolutely. And and that gets us nicely to the best matches to target for FPL returns. Looking ahead to game week 23, the best matchups to target for FPL returns include a Friday fixture, Norwich traveling to Watford. That should be a great way to start off the weekend. I am definitely going to be holding on to Emmanuel Denis, and he will be getting a start for certain uh, in my starting 11. City, they bring a 13-game winning streak. They go south to play on the coast at Southampton. Uh, That should also be a pretty yummy FPL-producing performance and lastly oh, bucks why bucks why couldn't chelsea be the unlucky 13 couldn't we have stopped the streak that long win streak for city this past weekend that that's pretty incredible to have 39 straight points in uh third basically you know of 39 total so very impressive by city who let's be honest at this point they they kind of look like they're walking the league this season and they only have you know one player at AFCON, I believe, in Mares. So they're pretty much very looking very strong at this point. And and they also have no games to make up. So they're they're looking uh quite quite spry at this point in time. You actually got me to where I was hoping you were gonna go. They have no games to make up, so they're just consistently ticking along, getting three points, game week in, game week out, and clearly showing that they are the class of the Premier League. However, for FPL purposes. They are not as exciting as some of the lesser teams that have games in hand. So that should be something that is considered when you look at your transfer moves. And we should just shout out the last match, Liverpool at Palace. Uh, you know, Liverpool are a seriously depleted side with AFCON happening, but you expect them to get three points pretty much against any club in the Premier League, let alone Palace. Palace does score some goals, though, so I, I think this could be an interesting match. And we'll see if Gallagher can keep coming through with his late goals in the second half. He's been a revelation for the Crystal Palace side this season. So very excited for those. And I think there are definitely some good captaincy options this week with Salah out again. I know we'll discuss our captains later, but I'm just excited to see you know who managers go with this game weekend. There'll be a, a very wide spread, I believe, in terms of captaincy shouts. For sure. And uh just the best matches in real life that are the most relevant for Premier League standing. West Ham travel to Old Trafford to face off against Man United. West Ham currently in fifth place. Excuse me. West Ham currently in fourth place and United in seventh place. And then Spurs travel to Stamford Bridge to face off against Chelsea. Spurs are kind of in a little surge right now. Chelsea sputtering and Spurs are the fifth place team. Chelsea are the third place team. So these will have significant implications for European football positions as we start getting into the final third of the season. I would be very distraught if Tottenham comes and plays Chelsea and gets three points in that match without um, without Sonny Boy to give some offensive firepower. So hopefully Chelsea can turn it around. I know one of our friends, Andrew Steinberg, who is in the FPL Blue Super League, 
he's a huge Spurs fan and he was losing his mind today when Bergwine saves the day and gets a brace in about two minutes. I, I, I'm still pretty shook. I'm still pretty shook from that being one of the last games of the game week and was, uh, you know, just the emotion that the rest of the Spurs team showed, including their manager, Conte, he was fired up and uh, they're going to come play Chelsea and they're going to have a lot of confidence uh, coming off of that win. Whereas Chelsea just seemed to be grabbing a color book and drawing every single time um, they, they play. So we'll see what happens there. Brian, let's give the listeners a little peek behind the curtain and just showcase how big of a text jinx you actually are, because you had full on <laughs> awarded the three points to Lester. And two minutes later, you were like, oh, De Gea, he's having a massive game. He's on three bonus. He's got all these save points. We're, we're in the green arrows big time, baby. You were texting me. You were feeling a kind of way. I looked. Uh, back up at the TV screen, not 10 minutes later, and the clean sheet is wiped for De Gea. And what is going on at King Power Stadium? But Spurs have come from behind, shocked the masses, and stolen the three points. You absolutely jinxed both those occurrences hardcore. Yes, you did. Wow, you're calling me out on the pod for being jinxy, <laughs> but that is exactly what happened. You know what they say, you never load your clean sheet points until the game is over. And this bleeping Ivan Tony guy, you own him for 10 weeks, he gets like one goal. And then when you don't own him, all of a sudden he wipes your 10 pointer from your goalkeeper and he gets a crap goal at the end of a meaningless 3-1 brutal uh, loss to Manchester United. So that was really, really annoying. And, you know, somehow he, Tony ends up on bonus as well in that game and just bunch of crap but uh yep I, I was jinxy i'll have to cop to it that, that was that was tough all right let's 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 wrap this up we're going to take our final break when we come back we will give you our transfer plans and captain selections for game week 23 time for captaincy shouts and some transfer banter bucks you didn't take a hit last week what are you thinking this week we might have Salah back in game week 24. Are you going to try and roll your transfer so you can move out Ronaldo? Because I definitely don't want him in my side. So I assume you're uh, in agreement there. What are you thinking going into game week 23? I don't know if you can hear the inside of my head shaking as I nod very fervently in agreement with what <laughs> you just said. I have one free transfer, 3.1 million cash in the bank right now. And really my only glaring problem in my side is Tony Rudiger as Chelsea blank three times in the next five game weeks. So he will definitely have to be shipped out. But right now, I think that I'm just going to roll the transfer. And as you said, plan more long-term once I actually know what's coming down the pipe in regards to double game weeks. If I make a move this game week, it will probably be to just move off Bernardo Silva He's kind of my odd man out in midfield, and I'd want to bring in a player potentially that has a double game week. But I think at this point, Wednesday evening, U.S. time, following all the matches that happened in double game week 22, I'm content with the players that I have to just roll my transfer forward and make some more significant moves when I have two free transfers in hand and some more knowledge looking ahead to game week 24. How about you, Brian? What are you thinking? So, Bucks, in your situation, are you going to be starting Rudiger versus Tottenham? 
Yes. Interesting. Interesting. I, I think there are much better opportunities to potentially get some points given Chelsea's form, but I'm, I'm trying not to be you know too critical of our own side that we support, but I, I currently have Alonzo first bench on, on my game week 23 team. Uh, he's obviously been crossed up by a few speedsters. I mean, this is a really tough double game week for Alonzo. He went up against Sterling who had his way with him in the first half of the city match. And then he had a matchup against Lamptey. He picks up a yellow card in both of those. So I think now is the time for me to move him on. And I will likely be moving Alonzo to Luca Dean in preparation for the likely double game weeks coming up. I already have Watkins in my side. So I'll have two potential Villa players to get me double the returns. Nice. Yeah. If in fact, Villa are announced to have a double game week, Rudiger will end up moving to my bench. I have Matty Cash already in my side. He's my first bench spot right now. And then for Pretty Captain, boy Cash. Yeah. My captaincy selection is going to stay on Emmanuel Denny going into game week 23. He does play. Wow. He plays the double earliest. trouble bucks two weeks in a row. You know what? I backed him in a double, which was only a single. So he's well rested going to a kind of must-win match for Watford against Newcastle. They're going to be hosting their relegation brethren uh, in this match. And I expect that he is going to be well juiced up to get a return, not just for my side, but for Watford. And so he's my captain. Cancelo is my vice captain going into the game week. How about you? Yeah, very interesting. Um, Just back to my team one more time for captaincy and transfer thoughts. I also have Sun, who is still sitting on my bench, but I'm going to hold him until game week 24. They play Chelsea this week, and then he's expected to come back for Southampton. Um, So I will be in a good spot where in game week 24, I will be able to hit in Salah and also have Sun in place. So this is some patience that I've been practicing in holding those players rather than flipping them to Jota, and just, which was a hit that we talked about on last week's episode, Bucks, if it was going to be worth the minus eight to move Sun to Jota. Jota, unfortunately, and pretty unluckily, he blanks. He had a really high expected goal involvement hit the bar this past week, but I got away with that one. And at this point, I'm just going to put him in my third bench slot and game of 24, I should be primed and ready to go. So that's uh, just one thing I wanted to note there. And my team looks pretty, pretty strong this week. I have Martinelli versus Burnley, who obviously Martinelli had a really tough cup match where they, you know, drew versus Liverpool. But now with a match off, he's going to be entering my starting 11. And I really have no idea who I'm going to captain. I was hoping that Ronaldo might grab some points today and show us something, but he looked putrid. So I'm probably going to be captaining one of the Manchester City lads who seem to be in form. So I will be either looking at Phil Foden as my captain or Cancelo. Uh, one of those two will be my captain and then I'll put my vice captain someplace else. So that's what I'm thinking at the moment. I did give a thought about Trent as my captain as well, but I, I kind of rate the Crystal Palace attack. They're pretty scrappy and you could see Liverpool going up 2-0 and then Palace at home, pulling one back in front of the home crowd. And that's something that I could definitely see play out. So I'll be going with uh, Cancelo um, potentially or Foden. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be on the wrong side of a 
classic Gallagher watermelon smash like he did <laughs> at Brighton uh, this past game week. He is just a smash, real player. Smash, smash, Yeah, he he is uh, hitting. He's hitting them like uh, Donkey Kong used to bust up those uh, those barrels. Uh, old school '90s video game <laughs> reference right there. Uh, with that, Brian, I think we've covered everything. Uh, it's going to be a, another short transfer deadline, looking ahead to game week 23. So be patient, but also make sure you have a plan. Uh, listen to the press conferences Friday, and the transfer deadline is Friday afternoon. So, Brian, best of luck. Hopefully, let's right the ship and get some green arrows as we go to game week 23, the Jordan game week, baby. Yeah, that's right, everybody. Set your alarms for that deadline on Friday. Make sure to wait, like Buck said, until we're likely going to hear that Villa has a double game week because that'll be an influx of transfers of those players. And you know, even if you want to be aggressive and potentially take a hit to bring in two of them, if you're looking to bring and make up ground in your in your mini leagues, that could be a recommended strategy. So best of luck to everybody. Thanks for listening to the pod. Check us out on social at FBL Blues Podcast. Bucks, thank you very much. Hopefully Chelsea can have a better result in the weekend's fixtures versus Tottenham. It's going to be a big one. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not a three-point lane. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Best of luck, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>